All right, welcome to another edition of the Rhino Report. I'm Ryan Horn, the host. Uh, solo mission tonight. Uh, oftentimes when that's the case, I usually will talk about a white-collar crime case, which is uh, no different in this case. That, again, is a area of special to me that I had in grad school and uh, has become a even a personal interest over the years. Um, going to talk about a case that, again, like I said, a lot of times you probably haven't heard about these cases or you know very much about them but uh this is a case that is going to involve the wr grace and company which uh involved an asbestos case um now i know you know most likely all of you are familiar with asbestos how deadly it is it's really come into light in the especially in the past few decades you know we see commercials for attorneys you know if you've been exposed to it uh you know i know uh my father was a welder and he uh, was supposedly exposed to it and caused, uh, you know, some damage to him. My grandfather uh, was a coal miner, and uh, he, you know, suffered some uh, black lung and some other ailments later on in life. So we know there are certainly hazards that go into mining, and uh, sometimes, unfortunately, the companies, as you'll see in this case, they are aware of uh, this type of uh, danger, but sometimes they hide the dangers uh, not only to their workers and the, their miners, but uh, unfortunately sometimes even to the public, as you're going to see in this case. Um, and, uh, you know, in this case, it was just like all too often, and unfortunately in these white-collar crime cases, it was deadly. Um, but asbestos, you know, it's a mineral that's used for mainly insulation. Um, and supposedly doing a little research for this uh episode found out its use actually in some cases has been reported to have gone back even over thousands of years which was kind of surprising to me but uh you know it's uh it, it was a popularly used item and you know for a long time uh you know nobody really gave a lot of thought to its danger you know kind of like the you know the black lung thing i was talking about just a second ago or uh lead-based paint you know we all know how that come about some of the dangers that uh had come about that, even though for years and decades, a lot of uh, children, unfortunately, were exposed to it and suffered uh, some uh, damage and long-term effects. And uh, that's, uh, unfortunately, like I said, as you'll see eventually in this case, that is uh, what happened here. Um, but according to uh, the methyl... <laughs> Mesothelioma Center should be able to say that a little easier as many commercials as I see for uh, you know attorneys that if you've been exposed to it. But uh, the symptoms, if you are include uh, ex exposed sometimes to uh, asbestos, these would include shortness of breath, cough, and chest pain. Um, now you know sometimes it's hard to tell right away, uh, just like a lot of other deadly things people are exposed to. Uh, it's no different with asbestos sometimes down the road they uh they don't find out till much later down the road which again whether they've been damaged financially and ripped off financially or taken advantage of here and uh, exposed to uh, harmful elements for the sake of financial gain again as i said an underlying or an overwhelmingly underlying theme in white collar crime is the fact that it's oftentimes way down the road before people realize they're victimized and sometimes it's too far down the road before um, anybody can really uh, see what's going on. Um, but they also report that uh, from the, the center that uh, 
various cancers uh, can also result to from that exposure. Um, sometimes, like I said, that effect does not come around to light for several years. And uh, this is one of the worst cases that I've seen. Um, I've covered this in the classes, many of the classes, the criminal justice ones that I teach, which uh, actually will be starting back um, in possibly less than a month now, I believe. So uh, getting ready to get back into that, although we will still be bringing you this show every week. Uh, but uh, this is a case hopefully I'll you know, be able to cover at least in one of my classes because uh, it's an important case that needs to... Uh, be brought to light. Um, but the WR Grace Company went way back. They were a mining company. Um, I believe, uh, from what I was able to tell, go all the way back to 1854, involved in uh, various different types of uh, chemical manufacturing and mining. Um, and they began mining uh, for this material all the way back in the 60s uh, in the Libby, Montana. This is uh, where the story will eventually here take place. But uh, they began mining uh, back in the 60s. And uh, the asbestos pollution from the mining uh, was known to the company very early on, as uh, possibly as soon as not long after they actually started doing this. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of workers, and as you'll see in a little bit, an entire town was eventually leveled and basically destroyed by this now montana is on my kind of bucket list of places to visit always wanted to visit big sky country uh it just seems absolutely beautiful i've had some uh, friends that have visited there and say you know they say it is you know of course i'm sure the winters are quite harsh but uh i would personally love to see it in the fall hopefully someday i can uh get over that way but libby is a small town which i mean basically almost every town in uh montana is i mean it's one even though it's you know fairly large geographically it's one of our least you know most sparsely populated states which i'm sure the rough climate and things like that make uh you know the cold harsh winters and things probably make some of that uh you know why it's so sparsely populated but uh, Libby was a nice small little uh, scenic mine town in the northwest part of the state and uh, as often the case in mining towns you know I grew up here in southern Illinois you know and when I was a kid and you know for sure back then in the 80s the uh, mining was certainly the big employer in this area so I, I realize how this goes about in these towns that oftentimes in these little towns the mines are the big employers um they are still around now the coal mines are where i live but oddly i would say the prisons and the department of corrections is the probably institution and the business so to speak that has replaced mining is probably the top employer around of course i myself worked in corrections at one time not in the department of corrections but for you know a county sheriff's department but um it's a big employer for that and that was no different here libby montana most of the folks that lived in Libby, Montana, were employed by the W.R. Grace Company. Um, so over the years, their family and their residents were being exposed to asbestos from this mining. And uh, due to these emissions and spills and even clothing, you know, uh, the workers were, uh, they were wearing this home, this exposure, they were bringing it home to their families. And, uh, you know, over time, the studies showed when they got a chance to step back from this case that the 1,200 residents in this town suffered from a variety of health problems. You know, pretty soon people were experiencing 
just the symptoms I mentioned a little bit ago, chest pain, coughing, shortness of breath, um, so on, so forth. Um, and the area pretty soon was estimated to have a mortality rate from this asbestos, uh, exposure that was, get this, 40 to 60 times higher than the average. I mean, I'll say that again, 40 to 60 times the average. That's how deadly the exposure was from this. Um, and this is a small town. Um, you know, again, like I said, probably 1,200 people were basically impacted by this. But uh, pretty soon, people unfortunately started dying. And uh, a lot of people got sick. And uh, I remember showing a video to one of my criminal justice classes on this. And, you know, they had to bring in eventually... Uh, I believe it was FEMA had to come in and, you know, the town was basically declared a disaster and they had to, uh, you know, I remember seeing the scenes of them going around the town in the uh, hazmat suits and things like that to try to bring back any type of uh, order and, and, you know, normalcy to this town, but that was never to be. This town was never the same and uh, pretty soon, uh, like I said, many people got sick and started to die and prosecutors in this case as we'll see later were able to show from company records which again we talked about this in the uh, peanut corporation of america case that uh, oftentimes you know emails records whatever of course this is a time before email but uh will show that companies are aware oftentimes of what they are doing uh the uh in this case, in this situation, I mean, or I should back up a second, in the Peanut Corporation of America, a recent podcast we did on white-collar crime, it showed very much the emails from the company records showed that, uh, you know, Mr. Parnell, the CEO and other leaders of this uh, company were sending out, knowingly sending out salmonella poison peanuts and peanut products. And uh, again, from 1960 or 1976 to 1990, when, it, when basically in 1990 the town was shut down and then uh, prosecutors were able to get these records and to show that uh, the company did know the danger at which they were exposing, again, not only the workers but the entire community because, like I said earlier, they were being exposed to this um, through spills, uh, just the pollution in the air, the exposure that the workers were getting on their clothes and taking home to their families, you know, and uh, even though this... Obviously, the, the people that were the head of this WR and Grace company knew this, but yet proceeded on, once again, in pursuit of profit. We saw it also with the Ford Pinto uh, scandal, you know, that I've talked about on here in another podcast. You know, Ford ran the numbers and figured it was cheaper to risk people getting killed than uh, put on a cheap safety product and, uh, you know, to enhance people's chances of living. They purposely figured, you know, that it was it was worth the risk. I think they calculated uh, that a life was worth about two hundred thousand dollars, which in back in the seventies obviously is more than it would you know would be much higher now. But still, they were that callous about it, and still churned out uh, a faulty product that they were knew were going to get people killed. And as we talked about, unfortunately, uh, there were people killed from uh, you know explosions from that car because it was not safe. And, uh, you know, they knew it wasn't safe and they still knowingly put it out there. Um, but, uh, during this time, uh, the after tax profit for this company, however, was around $140 million, which back in the seventies, eighties, and even around 1990, 
that's pretty good uh that's pretty good profit you know especially when you're operating in a small rural area like montana you know to be able to come up with profits like that um you know that is a pretty good uh pretty good chunk of change to bring in but when it's all said and done 200 people in this little town died from this from asbestos exposure related diseases and illness 200 and like i said this is a town of maybe 1200 people so this killed basically a sixth of the town and as i said you know fema comes in hazmats things like that the town was basically never the same and i don't know that it ever has ever kind of so to speak reopened it's you know i think basically probably become a ghost town or something to that effect and uh it did take some time, but eventually uh, two executives from the company were brought up on charges for these deaths and uh, illnesses and things like that. Um, and uh, in federal court in Montana, they were brought up on charges. Now, as you can figure, just like we've talked about in Indiana, you know, you had a rural prosecutor trying to take on the Ford Corporation. Oftentimes we see that. Uh, I'm sure in this case it was no different. Uh, this company, WR and Grace, had been around a really long time. I'm sure they were able to afford really good defense team, and they were able to, uh, you know, mount a good defense. And uh, unfortunately, in the end, a federal jury in Montana did acquit them of all charges, and uh, not a single conviction was ever gone granted on this case. Now there were, my understanding, some. Uh, civil damages that some of these families were able to recover but you know what consolation is that to the people that you know the 200 the member family members of the 200 people that died from this from this negligence this abuse uh this exposure things of that sort so where is the compensation for that you know i mean yeah they might have been able to get a little bit of money back but uh obviously it wasn't enough to hurt believe it or not uh last i checked prior to doing this this company is still in business um which, you know, again, as is Ford and some of the others we've talked about now, the Peanut Corporation of America, their scandal took them down for good, as we talked about in a you know recent podcast. But uh, whatever financial damage they suffered from this was not enough to put them out of business. And, uh, you know, again, did they get away with murder? Well, you know, it certainly, you know, looks like that's a possibility. You know, I mean, they purposely were sending out uh, you know, a harmful product, uh, exposing their workers and their town to harm, knowingly doing it, you know, again, all in pursuit of profit. And, uh, in the end, as we unfortunately oftentimes far too many times see in white collar crime cases, nobody is truly brought to justice. You know, I mean, like I said, there are rare cases, you know, Stuart Parnell from the peanut corporation of America, you know, Bernie Madoff got the huge, you know, life you know several life sentences but you know most of the time we see it just doesn't happen you know we've done a podcast on jordan belfort the wolf of wall street and uh he saw very little time uh in prison and in fact now i believe is living in australia you know going around like a rock star and uh you know doing promotionals and commercials i've seen him on facebook on doing advertisements for commercials you know he's hosting seminars i mean you know he's a star he's a hero even though he destroyed you know, tons of lives and rip people off of millions and millions of dollars, uh, did not pay any restitution. And unfortunately, he walks the street. Last I had heard, a free man. And unfortunately, I don't know if these two executives that were charged are still with us. This was back in the 90s. But, uh, you know, who knows? But if they are, or even if they're not, um, if they're not, they never saw a day in jail for this, which 
again, is a crime and a travesty that far too many times does happen in these white-collar crime cases. And sometimes the only uh, type of justice, if you can call it that at all, uh, people get is in civil court. And, uh, you know, yeah, you can you can take a dent in their wallet, but most of these companies, uh, these huge corporations like that, have the ability to withstand that. And uh, like I said, you know, that still doesn't bring back the loss that uh, the person has suffered in that. And, uh, you know, who knows how many lives were destroyed other ways. You know, people lost jobs, you know, because everything had to shut down here. So, uh, you know, um, some people, even though they didn't die, I'm sure they've suffered, uh, you know, health health uh, problems that will never be the same, you know. And maybe even later on in life, it may, uh, you know, cause some health problems that may, you know, end their lives a little earlier. Even though, you know, they were not among the 200 that died immediately, they still have it where people, unfortunately, uh, you know, who knows what the damage is, you know, financially, people losing jobs, uh, people probably lost homes, people had to basically resettle, you know, the town was basically shut down and no more, you know, functional, you know, they lost their biggest employer there, um, you know, so it's as always a thing, a, a travesty, and uh, unfortunately, far too many times in these cases, justice isn't done, because, you uh, you know, unfortunately, far too many times in our system, the almighty dollar uh, can buy justice for some and not for others. And uh, in this case, you know, well-connected company uh, executives were able to uh, skirt justice. And, uh, you know, the only justice someday they may see, you know, they, they will answer to God for what they did. But maybe in this lifetime, other than the financial uh, civil damages that they've had to pay out, that may be all the justice that was ever done in that, you know. And said it's a dangerous profession you know i have family members now that work in mining and uh you know it's never uh you know it's it's a dangerous profession it's it's a great profession glad we have people that do it and you know most of the mining jobs pay pretty well and have pretty good benefits and things so i mean you know it's as they should you know for the risks that people that do this kind of work face but uh you know it's a sad case when you know that uh their lives are going to be shortened and their lives are being put at risk. And, you know, it'd be one thing if, if people just didn't know. But when we find out later, you know, that the companies knew the lives they were exposing people to and they just callously go ahead and continue to do it, just like they did in this case, it's a really sad thing. Um, it's, uh, it's troubling. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it happens far too many times in our system. And, uh, not a lot of coverage on it, you know. Um, there aren't even a lot of podcasts that I'm aware of that are covering this subject, and that's why we will probably be covering it much more in future episodes here because, uh, you know, the crimes of the elite are not punished at the, you know, same way the everyday Joe is punished. And, uh, you know, it does need to be, I think, brought more to light. So uh, we'll be talking about that some on some future episodes coming up. Um, and as always, like I said, uh, you know, we do have a link if you want to donate. Uh, that's always good. But we really much more appreciate you following our show. Uh, like us, you know, give us the five-star rating. We uh, we need your support to, you know, keep getting the word out there. Um, as I always say, a nice message. Uh, adopt from your local shelter. There's always, uh, you know, uh, your next best friend waiting to be picked up. We've done it several times. And we've also fostered and, you know, helped uh, rehome dogs. And it's... Uh, a joy that uh, is just no joy ever like it that we've had. So, uh, but yep, stay safe. Like I said, you never know. The next one may be out there trying to uh, 
con any of us and uh you know it's kind of sad that we have to be on guard like that but uh we do but uh you know we will make sure these cases are not forgotten you know especially the victims you know some people in this case never got closure because nobody ever went to prison for you know basically you know helping expose and get their family members killed but uh we want to make sure the victims of the in these cases are not forgotten and uh you know and unfortunately sometimes justice isn't done in this lifetime but uh you know, again, we want to make sure these cases are not forgotten and maybe learn from them. And, you know, like I said, like I tell my classes, we got to realize, you know, not all criminals are, uh, you know, just uh, street hoodlums. You know, there are some uh, criminals that wear nice expensive suits and they work on Wall Street or in this case on the executive board of, you know, big corporations, things like that. You know, I mean, crime does not discriminate against anybody, you know, uh, people from all walks of life engage in it. Just unfortunately, these high powered white collar crimes among the elite oftentimes are not punished at the level that other crimes are but uh maybe we can help change that on this show but yep as always we do appreciate you tuning in thank you so much uh stay safe out there uh god bless and uh we hope to see you here again on the next episode so thanks for tuning in take care